Hey everyone, welcome to the Get Real Podcast. We're so excited that you're with us. Each and every week, we're going to open up God's Word. We're going to have some discussion around what it means to live an intentional life. So let's listen in as we try to get real together. Hey everyone, welcome to the Get Real Podcast. And my name is Brandon Gindon. I'm the senior pastor here at Real Life Ministries Texas. And I am with my good friend and ministry partner, Lori Arnold. Hi, friends. And we have special guests today, Lori. Yes, we do. And I'm so excited about it. Yes, we um, have with us today um, our good friends and part of our team here at Real Life Ministries Texas. We have our women's director, Shelly Ulrich, with us today. Hi, everybody. And we have uh, my good friend um, and hunting partner, uh, kind of buddy in life and men's pastor, uh, David Nelson. Yeah, so glad to be here and so so glad to be talking to all of you today. So we are uh, continuing in uh, this this series that we've been in in, in our podcast um, about living this intentional life, but the essentials uh, to do that and what uh, scripture describes and how Jesus lives his life and models for us uh, in the gospels. And this, this fourth essential that we're looking at uh, and going to talk about today and discuss is really something that I know matters greatly to all of us uh, here uh, around the table in the discussion. And that is this principle of connection. And connection can be kind of a buzzword um, that's in the church community, in the Christian community. Mm-hmm. But we really want to define it today, but not just define it, talk about what does this really look like as a follower of Jesus to be uh, connected to God and connected to each other and how important relationship is. And so I want to start us today, um, before we really get into the, the dialogue and, and, and discussing it, is, is a point from Scripture um, that we see in 1 Thessalonians, um, when Paul is writing his letter back to the church, we see a level of relationship that I think is pretty powerful. Um, and we find it in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8, and I actually want to read that today. And it says, uh, Paul writes, he says, so being affectionately desirous of you, uh, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. He's talking about this, not only sharing the gospel, sharing the truth of the scriptures with them, but also sharing his very life. Yeah. And when we look in this, we see this, this relationship that they had, and we see this relationship that's in the early church that Really, frankly, unfortunately, often in the Christian community today, we don't see um, it's very surface and we don't see deep connection um, relationally. And so today I'd like to just, um, you know, start and have you, um, Shelly, kind of kick us off with this. And, and so I want to um, bring that question to you. You know, how, how has, how has being connected in deep relationship with others impacted your relationship with God? Mm. Yes, I love this question because for me personally, my relationship with Jesus started in a deep connection with another woman, mm-hmm. um, the pastor's wife coming alongside, inviting me to start to read the Bible for the first time and come back to her with questions. Mm-hmm. And so in that relationship, I want to say that she taught me a lot of things, but the greatest thing was that I caught her passion for the word because she could use my questions and open the Bible to answer them. That's good. And so I love that seeing, seeing God alive in his word was very powerful, but seeing Jesus alive in her 
Yeah. And seeing that in such a passionate way was was very captivating for me as a 22-year-old. Mm, that's great. And and that part in there, you had proximity with her. Absolutely. And so, you know, we'll probably talk about that some as we go, but that, you know, that's something I'm hearing you say is that proximity, you could see it and see it being lived out right in front of you. Right. So, Lori, I know also for you, this is a huge passion being connected. And, and so maybe just talk, you know, why this is so important to you and, and share some with us. Well, we were created to be in relationship with others, to be in relationship with God. And it's the very thing that the enemy wants to, to break. He wants to get us isolated. Mm. And it's oftentimes in those times of hardship when we need others the most. But in those same times of hardship is when we withdraw and we distance ourselves yeah. from others. And that is exactly what the enemy wants. So I just, I know that it works because yeah. I've, I've felt it. I've seen it. I've watched it in my own life, you know, and it's, it's crucial that we are connected with one another. And um, we just, it, it doesn't work to do life alone. It right. doesn't work that way. Right. Um, so I actually wanted to ask David, right. um, I know that you're a big connector. Why do you think Christians mm. just do church and mm. lack connection? Yeah, I think the obvious answer is people just want to check a box. Um, mm. But it's more than that. Um, I think most people with a minimal understanding of all that Christ did for us, mm. um, I think that they know that that requires a response from us. Mm. Uh, it requires something. And so even if it's just Christmas or Easter or, or every Sunday, well, they'll come to church to to do what they feel like they need to do to respond to what mm. Jesus did for them. But, but Jesus asked more than that from us. Right. He, he also asked us to love his people. Mm. And so, um, and, and I think church hurt sometimes gets in the way of that. Sometimes the church gets blamed for a lot of things, but it's not mm. ever really the institution of the church that, that caused the problem. It was an individual that hurt them. Oh yeah. That's right. True. And so um, what, what I think happens is, is they, they equate that hurt, um, with people. And so if I don't connect with people, I don't experience that hurt and I can still uh, give Christ what I feel like uh, my response should be. So, uh, you know, it, I, we call it checking the boxes, but it's deeper than that. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I, I think something that you said right there, that there's this misconception that, well, if I've been hurt, um, there's, you know, been this break in relationship, you know, I can just kind of go over here off to the side and I'll just do kind of my walk with Jesus, mm -hmm. but without Jesus's people. Mm. And un unfortunately, we've said that already, that doesn't work. But two, part of being obedient to Christ and abiding, which yeah. was our first um, essential is that we're abiding in Christ. Part of that abiding is connected in with the body. Yes. And so what you're saying, David, is <laughs> like, that sounds okay. Like maybe we can make rationalize that in our mind. But unfortunately, with scripture, we don't have that option. Like, yeah. absolutely not. Um, and, and we talk about it around here, and, and you're probably going to say it later, but uh, we've equated spiritual maturity with not needing anybody else. Right. Yeah. When, when actual, actually, the more spiritually mature that we become, the more we understand uh, that we need to be connected with others. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Spiritual maturity is that, you know, what Jesus calls us to, relationship with God and relationship with others. Right. Well, I want to throw this this question out there, I mean, really, for all of us um, to speak into, is this principle is, why is it then it's so important in our spiritual growth, our spiritual development, that we do have relationship with others, that we're connected 
to God in a deep way, but also connected to others. Why is that so important? Lori, maybe we'll start with you. All righty. Well, kind of what I talked about, a little bit of what I talked about before, um, is we can't do life alone. And when we are in those times of, of hardship or trials, um, that's a time that we really need other people. But likewise, that's where growth comes from. We right. grow when we are sharing our lives with one another. We grow and we learn from each other. We hold each other accountable. That's how we grow. Right. And above all of that, we look back to our model and our leader, Jesus Christ, and we look at what he did. How mm. did he spend his life? What did he do? And we look at the life that he lived with the disciples, you know, and he spent time with them. Right. He was connected to them. He knew them. Mm -hmm. He knew them so well, right. <laughs> you know, that yeah. they questioned even times like they were, they were shocked at times, you know, the things that he did know about them, like right. forgetting who he is, right. <laughs> you know, that right. he knows everything. But um, we have to go back and look at the way that he did things. And if we are true disciples of him, if we are true Christ followers and we want to look to love and look like Jesus. Um, we've got to do the things that Jesus did. And that was one of the things that was clearly very important was to spend time with his disciples and not only to just teach them just for teaching's sake, right? but because they also were on his mission because one day he wasn't going to be here in the flesh anymore. And they had to continue with that mission and spread it to others. That's and right. we can't do that if we're not in relationship with someone. Yeah, that's so good. And that's so true. Shelly, what are, what are your thoughts to that question of why? connection is so important um, in our development and connection to God and others. Um, I mean, we see connection right off the bat, um, just even within the Godhead, just mm. the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are yeah. in relationship. And so that matters so very greatly. I also think um, having a teenage son, I'm watching a, a world become more isolated, mm. drove him and some buddies in the car this week and every single one of them were on their phone yeah. and not talking with one another. Mm -hmm. And it, this is the world. And so to be able to in the church, um, increase in our ability to help and teach and lean into one another. Um, we have to model that and show that more than ever before. I also think we need some energy, intergenerational community we need to learn from others experiences and and in the book of titus where we're instructed that older women should teach younger and mm -hmm. and i think that god wants to do that again in his body where we are teachable and humble and some can give and some can receive and it it always goes both ways yeah, yeah. it always goes both ways that's great yeah that's great david before i i go to you i think that i want to make the point that both Lori and shelly are making that, that you guys are making here is what I see often in the church is people will, you know, where, where David said earlier about they'll isolate away. They, I'll just have my relationship with Jesus and that's enough. And, and to know that spiritual maturity is this dependence, not only on God, but on each other. And so sometimes people will define spiritual maturity as, is for me to love you, David. Mm -hmm. And, but, but you can't love me right. back. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. That it's just one way. And Shelly, what you're saying is it's really, it's both ways. Right. Always. And so spiritual maturity is, is not only do I love you, but I allow you to love me. That's right. That it's a two way relationship. And, and that is what you were saying, Shelly. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just been lost for the most part in the church. And, and so we're trying to accomplish things, be disciples of Jesus, but not looking 
like what he modeled or he called his church to be. So David, maybe some thoughts that you have on that. Yeah, I would just say that my initial answer would be very similar to what they said. But uh, what, what's coming to mind for me is this summer, we, we studied that book, The Other Half of Church. Mm. Um, and it was, it was a brain science book kind of on, on how church works in transformation. And one of the things that uh, was said regarding um, connection was group identity uh, and that Christianity is a group identity um, religion, for a lack of a better word, and that that our brains are hardwired and designed to think every one sixth of a second, what what would my people do? Mm. And so if we're connected in our church and we see uh, folks uh, that are behaving as Jesus, then if we are away from our Bible and we find ourselves in a situation, we could think, well, what would the people in our church do? Yeah. And, um, and, and probably come up with the right answer. So connection actually transforms us from within because we have uh, models of, of how it is that we should be like Jesus because they're imitating him. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, mm -hmm. when we think of <clears throat> like examples, when Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, or we look at even in, in the book of Acts and they're doing life together, that's, mm -hmm. So many people, when they came to Christ, even then, had no idea what that model looked like. They they had a broken worldview, too. I mean, you go read what was going mm -hmm. on in Ephesus or Corinth. I mean, it was unhealthy, very ungodly things. Mm -hmm. They didn't know what it looked like to have a healthy family, to be healthy, you know, disciples of Jesus. And so, I just, even though there's been 2,000 years, I think we're dealing with the same problem. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, yeah. and, I mean, how many times does Paul say something similar to... You once were, and right. fill in the blank, but now you are, right? and then therefore you. And, right. And so, uh, yeah, it's, we, we do have a group identity where we, um, we are being like, Christ, being like Christ together. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Hmm. Lori, I want to throw this thought over to you about connection is so often in the church, we will define connection as that somebody's volunteering. <laughs> right. And think they're, oh, they're connected. And I've even been in arguments with other pastors or people in the church. And, and could, because I've said, well, that doesn't necessarily mean they're connected yeah. because you can absolutely, as you know, volunteer mm -hmm. and have no relationship. Yeah. And so maybe I know this is part of a passion for you. And so speak to that idea and, and what your thoughts are around it. Ooh, <laughs> it's kind of like the old saying, you know, um, I can stand in the middle of a garage. This is not how the saying goes, by the way. This is Lori version. <laughs> but, you know, if I if I go and stand in the garage, it doesn't make me a car. It totally doesn't go like that, guys. I'm sorry, but you, you get my gist. So we can, we can sign up and volunteer for all the things. But if we do not let people in, if we are mm. not vulnerable and transparent, that's why it's so important for us here. Um, small groups matter. Um, and no, small group isn't the end all be all. However, it is a great way to get connected with other people and, you know, yeah. to even just put your foot in the water, you know, because it, it's sometimes hard. I, I get it there. We have introverts. We have people with all different personalities and it can be really, really scary to go up to someone new and say, hi, my name is what's your mm -hmm. name? You know, so it can be hard, but those small groups are a safe place and it's an inviting space where we welcome others in. And you don't have to know everything. We don't right. have that expectation of anyone. And nobody is the, is the head and the leader and in charge and knows all the things. You know, we're all doing this together. We have, um, we have, we have a lot of groups, but we also have a people, uh, many people that aren't in them. 
And those are the people that we do. We go after them because we see, you know, I see when people are skipping out real quick at the end of church before anybody can catch them. And um, there's so much more to life than coming as, as David talked about checking Mm -hmm. the box and Mm -hmm. just going to church and leaving. Like there's so much more just fulfillment in getting to know God's people and to learning more about him and about others. And as we're learning about others, we're also learning about ourselves. Right. We just cannot do this alone. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I want to go back to that Shelly talked about was as the tightest women, you know, and I, one of the things I love about our church is that we have these everyone groups and it's not, you know, well, you have to be 60 to 65 for this one, um, all women. And you have to be like, we do have women's groups and men's groups as well, which are highly beneficial. I, I see pros to both of them. <laughs> But we have these everyone groups where it doesn't matter what age you are. Right. And my favorite group of all time that I was in was a group where we had 20-year-olds through 60, late 60s, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. The wisdom that I got mm. from other people who had been through more life than me sure. was phenomenal and life-changing. And we were just able to help each other grow. I've watched others grow. They've watched me grow. Yeah. So. Um, this, it works. It's yes. the way we were created. Right. We've got to be in relationship with one another. I don't even remember your question. <laughs> if there was one, I but that's answered. where my brain went. Yeah, I, so. think, I think you answered it. I, you know, I, David, I wanted to, I wanted to kick this to you because both Lori and Shelly have talked in different ways about kind of, this is where people see it happen. This is where that it's modeled. This is where they get this picture. And I, I know this is a huge passion for you with younger men mm. because the models that are out there or the messaging that's out there is, is it's an, almost anti-male. It's anti-being um, a good dad and a good you know husband, father, all of those things. And so maybe speak to that a little bit about how important connection that you think connection is. If you were talking to a younger man that's out there that's that's listening or that of why that's so important to have that connection with other men where they can be transparent and real. Maybe speak to some of that. Yeah, you bet. Uh, so, so I actually have a small group of my own that's, um, that's made up of men in their 20s and 30s. And um, the, the benefit that I see from it is uh, a lot of us, as we, were grow- as, as we were growing up, we learned that we're kind of on our own. Um, and that, you know, we, we talk about spiritual maturity being uh, about being able to do things on our own. Well, it kind of just shows up in the maturation of a young man as it is. Yeah. And so what what I've discovered with that group of young men is when we get together and we talk about things and, and matters spiritual, they find out that they aren't on their own. Yeah. Uh, and that um, they're, they're dealing with the exact same things. And then we, then we can collectively come together and, and using the word and, and, um, building off of each other, um, come up with solutions to those things that, that are much more biblical and, and much more in line with what Christ would have us to be. Mm-hmm. And, and if they didn't have that connection, they would continue going through their life on their own, thinking that they have to figure this out themselves. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and yeah. And sometimes, I mean, that's just to the, to the end result of the destruction of the family sometimes, it, or, you know, things just being so much more difficult. I know in my own life, um, having, uh, older men along the way that I've been able to ask questions or learn from or watch how they lead their families has just been, has been critical. Um, 
And and so I I, I want to ask you, Shelly, as well, the same type of question as you you disciple younger women in our church and you create environments for younger women mm-hmm. and, and for all women in our church to be discipled of why you think that that model is so important that that Titus um, women um, uh, example that scripture gives why it's so important for um, younger women to be able to see older women live out what a godly being a godly disciple looks like yeah um, well for starters I I had that experience yeah I sat in a Sunday school class back in the day with just the 20-year-olds, and we had no answers, and we're just talking in circles. And a friend of mine and I went to the class with all little gray, blue-haired ladies, and we're like, they were like, honey, you should go somewhere else. And we said, no, you have the experience that we want to learn from. And so um, still to this day, I think that's important. But as much life is seen scrolling on a screen or or watching things that aren't real, but yeah. seem real, yeah. we have to have real in the church. And yeah. real happens life on life. Yeah. And real happens um, learning experientially. And I, in my 50s now, love also asking questions that I don't have the answers to, to my 20-year-old woman in this church going, help me understand this and trying to bridge the gap. So it goes both ways. Yeah, that's yeah, great. I love a piece that you said is you took the initiative there to go find that environment. And, you know, and that's, I think, a part for, for some that are listening to us that are like, man, we just don't, I don't have that maybe Mm. in my church or I don't have that. It's just to encourage to go. Mm. I mean, uh, my friend, Jim Putman would always say to me, discipleship costs the price of a cup of coffee, like Mm -hmm. to just go start somewhere um, uh, of being in that relationship, inviting you know, someone in and, and to go start somewhere with, with someone. A couple other points I wanted to kind of pull out as we wrap up today, um, this, this discussion. And, and I do, let me just quickly kick back to you guys is how important the issue of time is. We live in a world, like you said, Shelly, where we're scrolling. Um, David, I know this is a big part for you and I, so much of the world around us is, is fake. Artificial. It's yeah. artificial. It's mm-hmm. artificial experiences. It's, it's, um, you know, that we live in that instead of something that's real and genuine. And sometimes the real and genuine is hard. Um, it takes hard work, but time is such a critical piece to our connection. And so maybe each of you just speak to that. Lori, I'll start with you. Is is why time is so important that, you know, so we don't step in where, oh, I tried one day and I, I'm done and I quit. No, this is going to take time. Yeah. So maybe speak to that. Honestly, like sometimes that's the that's the hardest part for yeah. people to get started. But um, as you said, it's crucial in order to be with someone and spend time with them. You have to be willing to commit that time. Sure. So we've got to, and this is something that I constantly work at too because my schedule's full. Mm-hmm. Um, but just creating that time and making sure that there's margin in my day for those moments and um, being real intentional um, to schedule things with people and to make room. Yeah, that's great. David, what are your thoughts? Well, um, so we're talking about time, but I kind of want to go back to what you were saying about proximity, Mm -hmm. because it's a combination of both. Because There's been times in my life where I'm like, all right, I'm going to give my family time. And that just looks like me sitting in the same room with them and not even interacting with them. And so Mm -hmm. even though we are proximal, um, I'm far away. And and so I I think the component is, yeah, time uh, 
it it is necessary in order to have that connection but uh also being present wherever it is that you are mm. is yep. incredibly important too that's great that's so good shelly that what are is your huge um i know both of you are kind of speaking to the the big time slots mm-hmm. i also believe and i have experienced god working in the small pauses in the short conversations mm-hmm. yeah. and so if we're in the practice of inviting the Holy Spirit into our day all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, each of you in this circle have spoken truth and love, correction, encouragement into my life in a short, quick, beautiful space. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. so time can be long and quality and time can be short little moments where, so where God just moves and speaks. Yep, that's really good. I, and then I'll I'll close out the issue of time with this thought is that it it does take commitment over time that we're willing to commit for the long term of this because mm-hmm. you know there's just there's going to be ups and downs it's life it's not artificial mm-hmm. and to just you know have that intentionality and that resolve in our lives to go man I'm just going to keep at it um, I'm going to keep involving people in my life I'm going to um, continue to work at being myself, being someone that loves others and allow others to love me. And and that just occurs over time. And so, um, well, I, I just today um, really appreciate everybody's input and thoughts, because at the end of the day, this is, you know, these are the things that make it real, um, that it's not just an, a nice idea of living out um, an intentional life. And so for everybody that's listening today, we're just, I'm grateful, hopeful, that you can take some of these things we've talked about today and and make real life application. God bless. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Get Real podcast today. My hope each and every week is that you're able to take the content, apply it to your life, that it becomes more of who you are and less of what you do, and that we live an intentional life together. If you're interested in supporting the work of ministry here at Real Life Texas, we'd like to invite you to do that by going to reallifetexas.org slash give and supporting us today.